Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out a solo cast for UFC 252 going on this Saturday, headlined by former heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier in what might be his retirement fight against current heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic. Now, these dudes are one and one against each other, and it's really anyone's call for this particular fight. Uh, I believe the odds makers have this as uh, pretty much even. That being said, I have my own picks, and in this podcast, I break down those picks. Now, I would also like to thank Coach Jared Grizzly Simmons out of Anchorage for giving me his pick on the fight, and his pick we'll get into a little bit later. We shared the pick, and for very similar reasons. And then he shared a pick with me. Nothing dirty, nothing filthy. We're both married men with Jareds. No, he shared with me an updated poster for UFC 252. And so if you are on our Instagram page, then you will see this poster. It's going to be going up very, very soon. Now, that being said, I also promised that uh, I would give Jared a very solid shout out to his new gym. If you are know Jared Simmons, really good coach. He uh, was a striking coach for uh, Uros Medic, who just won his fight on Dana White's Contender Series. Very excited about that particular fight uh, because Uros was able to get a new job, get a new hustle, a better paying hustle than his current hustle selling cards. This is a pretty good hustle for him. This is what he wanted to do, and he got, he's getting to do it. Bless his heart. But Coach Simmons was um, was his coach, and he was going to come on to the podcast, and he was going to go over his picks with me. But because of how good a coach he is, at the very last minute, um, he was uh, he was booked for um, for a coaching session. And money talks, bullshit walks, and I wasn't going to pay him stupid money to teach me how to punch a bag. That being said, someone else was going to, and they did. So he's not here on the podcast for that very reason. All right, Matt Parker, uh, Bang Muay Thai Purple Belt, he was going to come on and give his picks. However, he's doing stuff for his in-laws. And when you got in-laws, they take priority over some dude with a podcast. I get that. I appreciate it. Matt, no one's mad at you. In fact, bless your heart for even thinking about trying to take the time to come over and do the podcast. And he also called me. He let me know he wasn't going to be able to make it. And and I'm not always that professional. So uh, Coach Matt Parker at Bang Muay Thai in Soldatna, reach out to him. All right? Good guy. Good coach. Good, good coach. All right, folks. Uh, Without any further ado, here is the solo cast. Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woken Baked. And the subject of today is UFC 252. Coming this weekend with the prelims on ESPN Plus and the main card, of course, being on uh, the UFC pay-per-view. That's why I call it the pay-per-view portion. Anywho, I'm going to be breaking down the main event fights, starting with John Dodson and moving all the way up to the main event, Steve Miocek and Daniel Cormier. We're going to talk about why that fight is so exciting, as well as some of the other fights on the card, uh, including JDS uh, versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. We'll get to that one. That's a pretty interesting one. But starting off the main event, uh, I'm sorry, the main event pay-per-view portion, 
Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woken Bake slash streaming service and chill, and I am breaking down UFC 252 and my picks for this particular fight. I'm excited this fight card. I'm excited for this fight card. It's a good fight card. I've been really impressed by all of these, I don't know, no audience fights. You get to hear everything. You get to hear the coaches yelling at the athlete, giving him instructions. And if the athlete's from another country, you can pretend to know a foreign language. But the really cool thing about this is just like everyone else, you're you're telling the fighter what they think they should do. But these guys are actually, like they're controlling the video game, man. They're telling him what to do and, and he or her are doing it. So I think that's really, really cool. You also get to hear the sounds of the punches and the kicks connecting, which I think is very, very important as a fan. You like to hear these things. You like to see these things. These are the things that brought you into mixed martial arts. Now you can't, you, you can't crap on the energy that comes with a live event. You know, with 30 people, uh, 30,000 people, you know, screaming at two grown men or women, uh, punching each other in the face and kicking each other in the face for your entertainment. But this is a game of survival with two train killers. And that's what makes this sport so exciting. But that you get to be there with, you know, 10 or 20 or 30,000 people makes it feel, I guess, almost like you're at the Colosseum in ancient Rome and you're, you know, you're yelling for the, the gladiators to do what gladiators do, whatever it was on that particular day. But in this arena, there's no lions, there's no tigers, there's no sharks, there's no uh, five uh, men against a hundred in the replaying of a specific battle. No, this is one-on-one -on -one combat with somebody that you are equally matched with in the very least, at least in weight. You have uh, lightweights who are five foot 11 inches and you have heavyweights that are five feet 11 inches. I'm talking specifically about Sean O'Malley and Daniel Cormier. So I guess what I'm saying is these are the top hand-to-hand -hand combat athletes in the world, and they are going to be fighting this weekend. And I guess uh, I made it my job to tell you why and what makes these fights interesting. Starting with the very first card in, or the very first fight on the main card, it's John Dodson against Mirab Devalashvili. I'm going to butcher his name. We're just going to call him Mirab and John. So John Dodson has a crazy record, 21 and 11. So he's uh, a little bit under um, a, a 500 fighter, all right? He, what you would call, I guess, a 500. He's almost even. He's He's got 21 uh, wins and 11 losses. That's that, that means he's got a lot of fights, if nothing else. He has a whole bunch of fights, and Marab is 11 and 4. But if you're looking at his, the list of murderers uh, that he's fought... Shoot, man, he's fought Demetrius Thompson or Demetrius Johnson twice. Okay, uh, both of those fights coming uh, via decision. So he went ten rounds with a man who is arguably one of the top five pound for pound fighters of all time, and he's bad. His list of wins is really impressive. He's got wins over Tim Elliott, T.J. Dillashaw, uh, Juicy Formiga, uh John Morega, uh, Manny Gamburian, Eddie Wineland, Pedro Munoz, 
He's got a loss to Peter Yan, but his last fight was against Nathaniel Wood uh, back in February, and he won that. So this is pretty exciting. This is a guy who, when he has lost, he's losing to really bad human beings like Jimmy Rivera or the aforementioned Demetrius Johnson. This is not a nobody. He's a very solid fighter. He's a very tough fight for anyone, and that's why he's on this main card. All right, moving on to Marab. Uh, Marab is the machine. He's training out of Sierra Longo, but it, it looks like he's originally from uh, from Georgia in the former Soviet Union. Uh, he's come. He's put together four wins in a row. He's got momentum behind him. His last losses were against uh, Frankie Sainz uh, back in 2017, and then Ricky Simon in 2018. I don't even know who Ricky Simon is. That's how long ago it was. And that particular fight was on the Edson. Uh, Barbosa card with, um, uh, oh yeah, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee won that fight, by the way. Um, thank you, Sure Dog. So he moved on to Terry Ware, uh, Brad Katona, Casey Kenny, uh, and Gustavo Lopez. But he's been relatively af- uh, um, active. He fought June 13th, uh, so not that long ago. It was a really good turnaround for him. And you know, his last four fights have gone to a decision. So we know he's got cardio. We know he's able to uh, win uh, a long fight with someone who is very, very capable. My pick in that, I have to go with John Dodson. I'm a John Dodson fan. Um, Oof, man, you got to go back and think about that one because he's he's not coming off the momentum uh, that Marab is, okay? Like, so... His last fight, uh, the win against Nathaniel Wood, was back in February. I guess he's still been active. I mean, I, I'll, yeah, I'm going to stick with John Dodson. Uh, he's a serious fighter. He's He's been a serious fighter for a while, and I think he's probably got something to prove. Moving on, we've got Herbert, Be- uh, Herbert Burns and Daniel Pineda. Herbert Be- uh, Beans. Herbert Beans. Is that not even his fight name? He doesn't have a fight name. Um, but Herbert... Oh, he does. It's the Blaze. Herbert Burns is the uh, smaller brother of welterweight contender Gilbert Burns. Now, Gilbert was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley back in uh, um, July in Abu Dhabi. That did not happen uh, because he got the COVID. However, moving on, his brother, who, by the way, has to have a giant bullseye on his back or momentum, one of those two things, um, coming into this fight. Now, he's a tough fighter. He's He's got momentum behind him. He's on a five-fight win streak, which is pretty rad. Um, and our boy, Daniel Pineda, the pit, he is uh, coming off of two no contests. Uh, both of those last fights were overturned, but previous to that, uh, against uh, Ray Trujillo, Elias Gonzalez, um, and a couple of other names, he's put together a really solid um, resume. But this is also his first fight in the UFC. His last two fights were in the PFL. Uh, Before that, he was in Fury. And before that, uh, LFA and Bellator. So his last loss was in Bellator, but that was back in 2017. This is his first fight back in, or his first fight in the UFC. And he's fighting Herbert Burns. I gotta go with Herbert Burns. Um... It just feels like that's where this is supposed to go. The energy is more towards Burns, I'd say. Junior Dos Santos and Jarzinho Rosenstreich. 
Uh, Jarzinho's only loss is to a man that could knock out a car, and that's Francis Ngannou. All right, Junior Dos Santos, 21 and 7, former champion, and has been described by some as the best boxing in the heavyweight division. He's a very, very solid man, very tough fighter, and we saw in his absolute wars with Cain Velasquez that he can take a shot. That being said, Jarzinho Rosenstroik can give a shot. All right, when you start looking at that record of 10 and 1, I don't think that includes uh, his kickboxing fights because he did that too. Um, but his last fights uh, in the UFC uh, were against before the Francis fight because he lost the Francis fight in round one in 20 seconds. However, his uh, fight with Alistair Overeem was a five-round fight, and at the very end, he was able to secure a knockout. But in his fight with Andre Arlovsky back in 2019, it was a 29-second first-round knockout. Um, he's a guy that's been around for a minute, and he's got some very, very solid wins. But he also has a kickboxing background. The guy can move. He can do the things he's supposed to do if he wants to win. All right. I like Rosenstrike. Uh, I think the junior Dos Santos, uh, you know, he's been in some really, really heavy fights. He's coming off of um, two losses, one to Francis Ngannou, uh, the other to Curtis Blades. Now, I know what some of you are saying. It's Curtis Blades, but uh, there is, um, I'm just going to go with it. I like, uh, I like Blades. I think it sounds better. Curtis Blades. I like it. All right, so Francis Ngannou uh, has a loss. Curtis Blades has a loss. He's got a win over Derek Lewis and uh, Tia Tavasi, Blagoy Ivanov. He's a, a guy that can win by decision or by knockout. But in all likelihood, he's either going to win or lose by knockout. And I think uh, that Rosenstreich has momentum. I, I think that there's definitely something about that. He... Um, He's a guy that can do it, and he can do it really, really quick. Now, Chigano is uh, is 36, uh, Rosenstroik 32. I don't know that age is necessarily going to play um, a great uh, a great deciding factor, but I got to go with uh, Jarsinho for no other reason, if for no other reason, then, then I think he can do it with the hands, and I think he can do it with the feet. And when you open up those tools for such giant people, that's how it goes. He's either going to lose very quickly or he's going to win very quickly. And Junior Dos Santos can prove, uh, has proven time and time again that he can either lose very quickly or it can go on for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, I think Jarzinho... Uh, is, is going to take this fight. Now, Sean O'Malley, Marlon Cheeto Vera. Sugar, Sean O'Malley, speaking of momentum, 12-1, came off of the Contender Series, and he is now on the main card. This is a big deal. He's, he, shit, two years ago, he lived with his mom and dad, I'm sure, and now he's, uh, he's made it his actual day job to train and to fight. So this is going to be pretty exciting for him. Um, that being said, we're, we're going to learn a lot about Marlon Vera as well. He's 15, 6, and 1. Uh, his last fight was in his last, or his last loss was in his last fight against Ya Dong Song back in May. Um, but going into that fight, he'd put together a very, very solid five-win 
uh, streak. All right. So we're going to see. Marlon Vera is not a weak guy. He is not a wimp. However, with that being said, Sean O'Malley, he moves quick, and most of his wins are by knockout. All right. He's got eight knockouts, one submission, and three decisions. So he can go the distance, but it's probably not going to go that far. All right. His, uh, his last two fights were knockouts of Eddie Wineland and Jose Quinones. But before that, it was, you know, it was knockout punches, it was spinning wheel kicks, it's head kicks, it's rear naked chokes, it's knockouts in the first going back to his very, very first fight. Um, So I would say look for him to do it uh, very, very early. He uses his range, he uses his space very, very well. We'll see how this goes, but I like Sean O'Malley in this fight. Moving on to the main event, all right? Pretty, pretty excited about this. Um, it is uh, 252, headliner, the main event, champion Stipe Miocic against former champion, former champ champ, Daniel DC Cormier. Now, for those of you who have been following this card, this is DC's last fight. I mean, if he wins this, you can get him back for a ton of money. I'm sure. You can get him to fight John Jones again if the money's right, if we're being real. Him saying this is his last fight, uh, maybe, if he has to defend his title against someone like Francis Ngannou, uh, this might be his last fight, and then you have a cool tournament. But that's who's to say how this is going to go, because they're fairly evenly matched. Uh, they're they're one and one against each other. Both fights coming or both wins coming by a knockout. Stipe is a seasoned boxer. His his hand skills are nothing to be messed with. Uh, his wrestling is good. However, that being said, DC trains under um, Javier Mendez at AKA American Kickboxing Academy, and they have a pedigree of champions, including. Cain uh, Velasquez, including DC, including Luke Rockhold, including probably the biggest uh, fighter in the world, Habib Nurmagomedov. All right, coming out of this camp, so they're strong, strong wrestlers, which is funny because their team name is American Kickboxing Academy. However, their best fighters are wrestlers. Okay. Uh, they're, they're guys like DC. They're guys like Habib. They're guys like Cain Velasquez. They're really, really good wrestlers, and that's kind of what they're known for. However, DC knocks people out, and maybe it's that overhand right that wrestlers throw. Uh, you saw that in the Habib fight with Conor McGregor. He was able to throw and land a really solid overhand right that rocked Conor, and people weren't expecting that. Conor clearly was not expecting that. All right, so these are wrestlers that can that can throw powerful punches and don't get tired. That was one of the things they used to say about Cain Velasquez. He was like the Terminator. He never got he never got tired. He kept coming forward. He kept coming forward and doing what he was supposed to do uh, in order to get his hands on you. And that man could wrestle, but he could also throw some kicks. And DC does the same stuff, but better. Okay, uh, DC his. For a guy his size, um, he moves really well, really effectively. He doesn't waste energy, and his cardio is really, really good. All right, I don't know if 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 he, his cardio 
consists of like magical junk food given from the lords of junk food who give him the clean versions of the shitty stuff. Maybe he's got like some Twinkies that we've never seen that are stacked with protein because if you've got someone at DC's level, I'm sure you can afford a pastry chef that can give you the very best junk food ever. He's not he's not shoving like a um uh like a I don't know, an Oscar Mayer hot dog into a Twinkie and then putting a lighter under it to warm it up? No, no. If he wants that kind of weird hostess pig in a blanket, he's got a professional that can make the pound cake and is probably getting top quality meat to make that hot dog. So that being the case, uh, I like DC for that. DC is the kind of guy that when you see him get into the cage, you think for a split second, this is something you could do. It's not. But you feel like it is because you see a guy like DC who does not look like he's one of the baddest men on the planet and has been for like 20 years. Don't forget, uh, DC is an Olympic wrestler. He has wrestled with the very best in the world, and he is good enough to go to world championships, right? And his only two losses, well, three technically, because he had the... uh, the loss to John Jones, but it happened twice. One was overturned to a no contest. So his only two losses, uh, three losses in his career were to Stipe Mayocek and John Jones, two of the baddest men and one of whom he is rematching tonight. So you're, you're talking about one of the greatest fighters in any weight division who has beaten some of the absolute very best in the world, including uh, Alexander Gustafson, including Anthony Johnson, including Anderson Silva and Dan Henderson and Roy Nelson and Frank Mir, Josh Barnett, Bigfoot Silva, Jeff Monson. These are bad, bad men, and he has beaten them, and he beat them all uh, with knockouts, uh, punches, kicks, submissions, rear naked chokes. Uh, He's had his... um, uh, his decisions. I mean, we know he has cardio. We know he can fight, and we know he can fuck people up. We know that, um, and he's he's done that a lot in his life to some very very bad human beings. Stipe Miocic, on the other hand, uh, nineteen and three. One of his losses coming to Daniel Cormier. Another one coming to Junior Dos Santos. Another one coming to Stefan Struve, But that goes all the way back to twenty twelve. Before the loss to DC in July of twenty eighteen, he hadn't lost since two thousand fourteen, almost two thousand fifteen, against Junior Dos Santos in a decision. So he's a guy that can do what he has to do to win. All right, he's beaten Fabrizio Verdun. He's beaten Andre Arlovsky. He knocked out Alistair Overeem. All right, he can do he can do what it do. All right, uh, he also knocked out Junior Dos Santos. Like he lost a decision, but he beat Junior Dos Santos uh, via first round knockout when he he avenged his loss. I mean, he wins his rematches if you're just looking at that, right? The fact that he was able to come back and, and uh, get Junior Dos Santos. He he got that rematch, and he got that knockout. And then when he lost to DC, he came back and he knocked out DC. DC knocked him out in the first. He knocked him out in the fourth. But nonetheless, he won that fight from almost beginning to end. If I can recall correctly, starting around round two, uh, DC was turned up on. My understanding on that fight, though, is DC had back issues. And I don't want to dive into them because I don't really know what they were, but I guess he had a surgery 
and he feels great. Um, but Stipe Miocic, man, he's a very solid fighter. His his wins are decisions or knockouts, and a lot of them come very, very early on. Uh, the decisions very clearly don't come very early on. But he's knocked out some very, very bad men. I, I guarantee you he beats uh, Stefan Struve if they ever make that one happen again. But, dude, he, he knocked out Mark Hunt, all right? Any idea how hard it is to knock out Mark Hunt? The best Brock Lesnar could do was hold him down and wrestle fuck him for a few rounds. All right, he could knock out Mark Hunt if he wanted to. Andre or um, Andre Orlovsky knocked him out in the first. Fabrice Overdoom knocked him out in the first. Alistair Overeem knocked him out in the first. Junior Dos Santos, when he got it back, he got it done in the first. His fight against Francis Ngannou was a decision, but... Stipe did what he had to do, and he wrestled him, and he made him tired. The same thing I think Daniel Cormier is going to try to do and has kind of said he was going to do to Stipe Miocic. All right? Daniel Cormier is a really, really good wrestler, and the apex cage is smaller. All right? That's that's the point. All right? With that smaller ring, it's going to be—I think it'll be easier— for DC to shoot in from what would normally be farther away in uh, in the, the normal size uh, cage. I think he'll be able to get his hands on him a lot easier. I don't think that in that smaller cage, uh, Stipe is going to be able to do a whole lot against that wrestling. But I could be I could be wrong. Stipe's anti-wrestling, uh, forced to, to keep the stand-up, could be that good. Uh, I think that DC has has probably trained for both possibilities. If his anti-wrestling, his anti-grappling, his anti-jujitsu is that good, am I going to be able to beat him up on his hands? Well, kind of what uh, I think I might have discussed earlier, uh, aka being able to, being uh, so known for their wrestling, being able to come in with that overhand right faking a takedown, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a really big tool. If people are so afraid of your takedown that they're forgetting to protect their head, man, that's a freaking tool. And and ultimately, DC has knocked out Stipe in the past, so he knows he's got the power in his hands. However, you know, I guess we're going to see how this turns out when it turns out, but if I were a betting man, I would put my money on DC. I've also had the opportunity to speak with previous guest of the show, Jared Grizzly Simmons, the man uh, in Alaska with the most time in a mixed martial arts or a boxing ring that I know of. All right. He's going with DC as well. I don't know if it's necessarily for the same reason, but he agrees this is DC's fight. Um, and we'll see how that goes, man. I'm excited for this fight. I'm excited to see uh, how it goes. I'm excited to see how it turns out because, I mean, there really can only be one way for it to turn out, for a winner and for a loser. And, again, if I were to put money on this, my money would be on DC. All right? He's going to use his wrestling uh, to... It's probably not going to be very exciting. It's not... It's As far as, like, Stipe's fights... It's going to be probably about as exciting as his fight with Francis Ngannou. All right, it's it's probably going to be a lot of Daniel Cormier picking him up and putting him down, picking him up and putting him down. Maybe throwing in some punches. Uh, I don't think that in this fight 
Stipe is going to make the mistake of tying up uh, with Daniel Cormier because, again, man, those those punches from those wrestling guys, you're not... It's a different kind of strength, man. You mess around with wrestling guys, and they they just have a different strength uh, than, uh, than, than, than boxers. They move differently. They use it differently. They're better at using... Uh, their their momentum, that's the word of the day, uh, and their leverage uh, than a boxer. So I got to give this to DC, and I think it's going to be, he's going to use his wrestling in the smaller cage um, to, to pick Stipe up and to put him down. That being said, I'm still going to sit down and watch the fight. I like this fight. I'm excited for this fight. I think any way you cut it, uh, if Stipe loses... He's probably going to have to fight Francis Ngannou again. Uh, you know, and that's the way to go. Or, I mean, Francis Ngannou is going to be the next guy to fight for a belt. And so it comes down to if DC wins tonight, will he defend it against Francis Ngannou? Probably not. All right. He, I mean, he'd probably be more likely to take a whole lot of money to go down to 205 to fight John Jones. I think that if he fights again, it's John Jones at 205. However, I would like to see DC and John Jones uh, for the heavyweight title uh, in, in a heavyweight fight. John Jones not having to cut, I'd love to see how he moves. I think he could do some magical things. Um, he is one of those guys in the short list of the greatest fighters of all time with Demetrius Johnson. Um, He's in that very, very short list. You know, so, man, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens. But I think that if win or lose, DC will probably fight John Jones one last time for a whole bunch of money. All right. Uh, Stipe wins. He's going to have to fight Francis again. Francis is, has bounced back since his loss to Stipe Mayochik. All right. Uh, that knockout of Jarzinho Rosenstrike was really scary. He's a very powerful man who can knock out an inanimate object. He could punch my car and put it on its back, I'm sure. Not a doubt in my mind. Um, so we'll see. Does And in that fight, if, Stipe, if it's Stipe and Francis Ngannou, um, has, has Francis wrestling gotten good enough um, to stop Stipe? Because that would have been the key in DC versus Nganu is whether or not um, Nganu can can stop the wrestling of DC, and um, maybe it's a very distinct possibility. But I'm willing to bet that Francis Nganu is uh, way less afraid of the takedown than DC is of the punch. All right, so I'm willing to bet DC is more afraid of Nganu's punches. Uh, than Nganu is about DC's takedown, all right? Especially since his loss to Stipe. I think that he's a, a different fighter with a much better mindset, all right? Uh, he lost the fight after that to Derek Lewis, um, but that was that was a chess match type fight. Either one of those guys could have landed something and really hurt the other. So you got to play it safe when you're in, some, in there with somebody who can take your head off. We saw it last weekend with Derek Lewis, um, and Alexi Olenek, right? Uh, Alexi had um, Derek Lewis on the ground uh, trying to lock in a scarf choke, and 
And Alexei Olnik is the boa constrictor. He is a submission specialist. He has put out some of the very best, very strongest, and scariest men on the planet. He's also a, a former uh, com uh, World Combat Sambo champion. He's just a very, very strong guy who's like very good at uh, at his grappling, all right, his, his submissions. And then you have a guy like Derek Lewis, who is just now, it seems like, taking his training seriously. And when he is able to do that, and he can weather the storm uh, and hold out until he gets out of the first round, he's still fresh in the second, put a man to death, all right? I mean, he didn't actually die, but he punches really, really hard. So you can understand um, why even Francis Ngannou is afraid of that sort of power, all right? Plus, the dude will throw some weird shots, all right? Derek Lewis, uh, Captain uh, Captain Hotballs, uh, the Black Beast, whatever you want to call him. I like to call him Captain Hot Balls because his balls were hot. Anywho, um, Derek Lewis is a scary, tough, strong man who's just now taking his training more seriously. And we saw what that looks like. But before that, we could throw see him throwing these weird, cool high kicks, some karate kid shit. And he did that uh, in his fight uh, against Francis Ngannou. Now, what does Derek Lewis... Do, doing fucking an hour of cardio every day do with a karate kid crane kick? Who knows? Probably kick someone's head off. And I would pay for that, all right? It, it absolutely makes my ESPN Plus subscription worth it. And so that's cool, all right? Get your ESPN Plus uh, subscription. Check out the prelims. By the main event, check this one out. I do think that this is going to be one worth buying because there are fighters who really need to make a statement and really want to make a statement. Starting with going back to John Dodson, Herbert, Bringer, uh, Herbert Burns, uh, Jarzinho Rosenstroik, uh, Sean O'Malley, and Daniel Cormier. Those are my picks. There we go. Prelim is solid as well. If you have ESPN+, Plus, it's definitely worth your time and, and energy to watch it. If you don't have ESPN+, Plus, I'd recommend it. All right, the Contender Series by itself is worth the price of admission. Plus, you get all the ESPN fights. So, there you go. All right, folks. Uh, before I get out of here, I would like to give a thank you to my supporters. Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive, behind Save You More. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, the Iron Asylum Gym, AK.com. For more information, call 907-953-4720 to get your tour. Tell them you heard about the gym on the podcast and uh, see if it means anything to them. Maybe you get a super duper sweet 0% discount. That's cool too. Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of Hashade, of all varieties. They make can of caps, honey sticks, peanut butter, which is bought direct from the farmers in Canada. They carry flowers and concentrates, including decarb oil and cartridges. And because Lady Grey has their own manufacturing facility, nobody can beat their prices on extracts, all right? Red Run's retail store located on the Kenai Spur Highway, that place is the Nike town of extracts. If you want to try Terps, uh, Terp sauces, you got them there. If you want to try diamonds, they've got them there. If you want to try cartridges, they've got them. They've got everything you'd be interested in trying um, uh, from the, the seed to uh, the decarb oil, all right? They also carry edibles, and they don't just carry their line of edibles. They carry edibles from Lady Grey 
and creative confections, amongst a few others, including stony moose from time to time. It depends on what they have and when they're getting it. Um, they stock Alaskan-made Frontier CBD. Be sure to ask your bud tender for their suggestions. By the way, their suggestions are also listed on Red Run's Instagram page. So you can go to Red Run's Instagram page and you can check out um, what their bud tenders are recommending. You can find out about Turpy Tuesdays. Uh, you can find out what days there are discounts on edibles and you'll be updated if you join their email list. All right. They have an email list or a text message list that they send out every day and it lets you know uh, what's going on, whether it's pre-roll Wednesday or whatever Saturday. All right. They got you covered. Also, uh, 10th Planet Soldatna, located inside of the All-American Training Center. Classes start at 7 p.m. Kids' classes run concurrent to adults, so if you have kids-os, you can bring your kids-os. Right? They run to about 8.30. Adult classes are taught by 10th Planet Black Belt Curtis Hembroff, and kids' classes are currently taught by 10th Planet Purple Belt Priscilla Hembroff, but I know they're working on bringing in another coach for the kids' classes. So that's very, very cool. There'll be two coaches uh, doing kids' classes. I think that's pretty awesome that they can do that. All right, folks, moving on. AK-49 Martial Arts slash Bang Muay Thai located in the Peninsula Center Mall. Kids BMT, that is Bang Muay Thai, started by Dwayne Bang Ludwig. All right, starts at 5 p.m. By the way, Bang won't be teaching that class. No, that class will be taught by Seth. Seth Stacy is a brown uh, brown belt under the Bang Muay Thai uh, training system. All right, he's one below the black belt, which is where guys like T.J. Dillashaw and Dwayne Ludwig are. All right, adult classes start at six. The other coach that you could potentially have for the evening class is the AFC's 135 pound champion. Your friend, my friend. Vicious Victor Rodriguez. For more information, including their current schedule, you can check out AK-49 Martial Arts on Facebook, 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 or at AK-49 Martial Arts on Instagram. All right, if you make it over to the Schnitzel Bomber, they've got this, by the way, I recommend it. I'm not, I'm not getting paid for this, all right? I'm telling you. Their buttermilk chicken sandwich is delicious. They've got a fried green tomato buttermilk chicken sandwich that is delightful, all right? If you've never had a fried green tomato, aside from this sandwich, I don't think I have either. But that being said, this sandwich was delicious and I recommend it to you because I recommend their food. They've also got um, a rotating daily selection of bread puddings. So boom, check out their bread puddings. Enjoy the bread puddings. Again, tell them you heard about this on a podcast. Maybe you'll get some extra love. Maybe they'll send more love my way. It's a love thing. By the way, they have hats. If you like the Schnitzel Bomber uh, and you've been there, they now have baseball caps. I recommend getting your hands on one of those baseball caps. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you have anything you'd like me to review, any picks to give you, I'd love to give them to you, and I would love to find guests who can expertly talk about it on the podcast. I'm sorry that uh, the, the possible guest didn't work out, um, but that's what happens. All right, folks. Have a great day. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Canada's Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. 
C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children and youth. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.